Hello and welcome to a special episode of On the Roof with Sunny and Tiff. As we say goodbye to this year, we wanted to share something a little bit different with you. So throughout this year, Sunny and I have had some really amazing conversations. However, we decided for various reasons that some of these discussions weren't going to make it into our regular episodes. But in going through the recordings, we thought that there were some parts of them that we really wanted to share. So in today's end of 2023 episode, we put together a compilation of these moments for you. Uh, In these little snippets, we explore various themes, including finding joy, the complexity of shame, conditioning, and our thoughts on moving towards a new world. So to get started, here's a little part of the conversation we had talking about a topic that really lights Sunny up, finding your joy. Joy, like for me, I think you described it when you said like your experience of riding your bike down the hill and that. I think there's like, there's something about feeling freer that things just feel lighter. You know, maybe it's something that you notice the colors seem brighter or I just feel like I smile more naturally and I, I think it like for me as well, like when I'm actually feeling joy it flows into feeling really grateful and that gratitude flows from it really easily as well. So that's generally a sign for me that I'm in a state of joy is that I'm just sitting there going, how can lucky am I right now to have all of this and, and be in a position where I can do the things that do bring me joy and I have that freedom to do it is is how I sort of feel about it but I think like you said I think it's different for everybody and that's that's an important part that I think everyone needs to take on because I think for a long time I used to think I had to find joy in what other people found joy in and I think maybe as children we can grow up thinking that because what makes our parents or what we're experiencing our parents feeling joy in is what we're meant to feel joy in. And then we grow up and we're around social circles with our friends and we're going out and we see what other people that we like or love and and what they're feeling joyous about or we, we perceive them to be feeling joyous about. We think, oh, well, if that's making them that happy, then we should be doing that as well. So when you really can get super clear on what it is that makes you feel joy or for me like what made me feel joy I think there's a lot of power in that because you can just sort of strip away and go that's great that person can they can feel joy from that that's what makes them happy and feel freer and um, just better in who they are and more aligned with who they are but this is how I do it this is my version of joy and that's totally okay we're all allowed to have our different ways and Until I really do believe that, like for me, until I got clear on how I found joy, I was never going to find my true joy because I kept taking in other people's versions of it. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. And I think that goes back to like, yeah, just surrendering, you know, when you can just surrender, you know, and just be and just be and kind of like empty out, you know, for me, it was a real emptying out process of all of the things that didn't bring me joy a a big thing is conditional joys or to-do lists but you know so often we'll put on our to-do lists things that 
maybe we like or we think should bring us joy. So they're like a conditional joys. And for me, yeah, emptying all of those things out, which are unsustainable. Yeah, I was then able to actually start doing things that led to bigger and bigger joys. And so I kind of like to, um, you know, as a bit of a strategy for people who might be listening, who are identifying with, oh my, like maybe or questioning like, okay, what, what are my joys? And, and some people might be so clear and so sure of their joys as well. Um, there's no right or wrong around this. We're just purely sharing our experience. Yeah, I kind of like to think of it as like stepping stones or like a flow chart, if you will. You know, like I started, I started just standing on one stepping stone and it's like, right, looking at, you know, the next spot to my left. Okay, does that bring me joy? Yes or no? Yes, great. I'll step on that one and then go to the next one. No, then you go, you know, go to the right. So it's kind of like this flow chart of finding your joys. And it doesn't just have to be one joy. It It's flowing through things that bring you joy. And they, you know, will be tiered and having a toolbox full of joys. You know, we've discussed the, the, the toolboxes before. I guess weaving in the human design aspect. And I am a generator, a generator type. And you know, 70% of the world are generator types, either generators or manifesting generators. And such a big part of our, of how we're designed to go through life is by responding to what is a yes or a no, or what feels good and what doesn't feel good, what brings us joy, what doesn't. And, you know, I, I just think that stepping stone analogy or that flow chart analogy has been so key to me finding my joy. And that's where, you know, it looks so different for everybody. I also want to point out, like I kind of shared in the beginning, doesn't matter what human design you are or like we all need to be living in joy, I believe, for the health of ourselves, for health of our relationships and for the health of our communities and, and the planet. But it's so key for the generator types in human design. And yeah, I just think that metaphor of starting, you know, emptying out the things that are no's first, because you can't, if you, you can't fill up yeses in a, in a bucket of no's, you know, so you have to start sometimes by emptying things out first. Do you have anything that you want to throw in there, Tiff, like coming from a non-generator type, that um, that strategy, I guess, of, you know, following joys or following what feels good and what doesn't feel good and how that's played out in your human design type, being a projector? Yeah, it was something that I was going to also bring up as well because, you know, like you mentioned, finding joy, I think for everybody is really important. Um, I totally agree with that. But it's even more important for generators and many manifesting generators because generator types are in a place where they're feeling joy or happiness or they lit up. That is when they are going to have the, they're going to feel the best. They're going to be living more and it's a sign that they're living more in alignment with their, their design, that's for sure. But it's also that ripple effect that comes from generators when they're feeling like that and the, the energy that they get to experience, but all of us get to experience. So like, obviously joy is important to me, but as a projector, I think that there's probably some other things that are more important to me to, to live more aligned with my design. You know, like a, a really key one for me is rest and not 
and, and recognizing when it's time for me to rest and to sort of spend some time alone. So, you know, in a priority list, say for a generator versus a projector, you, Sunny, and like, say for my husband, who is a generator, I do, like, I remind myself sometimes where I'm like, no, like he has to, he has to be doing these things that light him up. Even though that might be perceived as selfish sometimes, it's actually not because the flow on effect is that when he is in a really good mood and he's happy and he's lit up, our whole family reaps the benefits of that. Whereas for me, the family reaps the benefits when I am not burnt out, I'm not stressed out to the eyeballs, when I've actually had time to myself, when I've been able to rest a bit, um, I've been able to you know, have the ability and the, the freedom to go for a walk along the beach, be in my own space. That's what when I have the ripple effect to other people. So yeah, I think you did touch on it, like you being a generator, joy 100% is so important for you. But yeah, it, I think it's, it is slightly different for every different, um, every different type in human design. Uh, this next snippet is from our conversation about a video that Sunny shared on her social media around shame and the different ways that shame comes up for us and how we interpret it. Yeah, and I think maybe that's because when you do start looking at it, and it does go so deep. And like you said, it's like this really primitive sort of biological part of us as humans. So it's hard to not sort of go off in all different directions when you start thinking about it. And I think for me, I start going, okay, the times when I felt shame myself, where did that come from? And there's no one way of feeling shame as well. Like I can feel shame from my own actions, like just walking away from something going I'm a bit ashamed of myself right now based on how I behaved in that situation. And probably now having more self-awareness, I can actually recognize that though and go, what am I feeling right now? Yeah, it, it's shame. It's it's not a good thing. But then there's other times where it's 100% something that's happened external to me, something someone said, um, something that I've seen play out that I've gone oh, okay, what's going on here? And I'm I'm choosing to feel shame or feeling shame in those in certain situations based on my own beliefs and I suppose perspectives on certain things. And that's where I go, so is that actually their fault or their intention sometimes as well like was it actually their intention and that came up like as you were talking I was thinking okay so an example is for you Sunny where you have been talking over the last few years around getting rid of alcohol out of your life and you know moving forward in a different direction with alcohol and that for some people who are still in a world where alcohol, they have a different relationship with it to you, they could be taking on shame or feeling shame based on what you're sharing. And I don't feel like that's your intention though, to put that out there and shame other people by you sharing your story and your experience with alcohol. That's just my feeling. Oh. And so, you know, in that example, and then that, that, in me thinking about that example of you, I was like, okay, so maybe in these other situations where 
I have gone, oh, are you trying to shame not me, but anyone who wants to take this information on and maybe looking at it differently or living life differently to what you are saying is your belief and what you want people to know, are they actually intending to shame people or is it just the them sharing things and then us as individuals choosing to take on shame because it's something's out of alignment with us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's our interpretation of it, isn't it? And of of everything. And this is just, yeah, yeah like this is, <laughs> it's so big. And every single action has a different reaction in every single human because we all interpret things completely differently. And like you're spot on. You're so spot on with that. And when we can take a step back, reflect, from a place of neutrality, being neutral, I'll say it that way, which is so difficult, especially in the moment when we're being triggered. Um, But it's something that I'm recognizing that's really important for my, yeah, in the stage of my life at the moment is when I can reflect and go, oh, okay, how am I interpreting this? And it's, it is, it's completely different how I interpret something to how you would interpret something. And that's then the impact of our interpretation is then our emotional response to things, you know, how we're going to feel about it. And that's where I think human design has just increased my ability to be able to to see all of this from like a different lens because I have this, this deep acceptance of myself, which allows me then to have a deep acceptance of others. And that's what human design has taught me. I've always been very, I've always had a lot of empathy and I've always been able to have an understanding of my place in humanity and everyone else's. But the human design aspect, as I'm learning so much more about just the the deep, deep intricacies of what makes us all different. It's so easy to say, oh yeah, we're all different. But when we don't live that, like when we don't really feel that, we don't really live that. We can just be like, oh, they're just different to me. But I don't accept that, really. <laughs> you know, so it's like this deep acceptance of myself like has been the number one thing. And then that is allowing me to be so much more accepting of others. And yeah, it, it's that allows me to, yeah, I guess, see people's intentions in such a different way. Here's a short part of a conversation we had talking about conditioning, which is something you may hear us mention from time to time in our other episodes. If, you, if you're not interested in going down the human design path or looking at it through human design, we all still have mental conditioning as well. So it's the external influences and environments and experiences and interactions that we've had throughout our lives that have shaped our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviours and often without us even being really consciously aware of it. You know, I like to think of it as sometimes the societal shoulds or you ought tos that have been instilled in us in some way um, that are pulling us away from who we're authentically meant to be or our true self. So, you know, conditioning really is the beliefs and the stories and the shoulds that we consume from outside sources. So parents, friends, society, 
big one these days is social media that influence the way that we act in our day-to-day lives. So uh, I don't know if you follow Dr. Joe, Joe Dispenza, Sonny, but something that I remembered when I was looking at the notes for this episode was something that Joe had shared that by the time we are 35, 95% of who we are is a conditioned set of behaviours, emotional reactions, hardwired attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions that function as a computer program. So basically, we are by the age of 35, we are just living on autopilot and we don't even realise it. And it's the conditioning that has played the part in basically setting up what our what our autopilot is. But is there anything else that you want to add to that, Sunny, on what your thoughts are on conditioning or did anything extra that you've learnt about it? For me, when I think about conditioning and how, you know, maybe I've discovered it, I guess, is when I'm with people or meeting new people and I'll think, oh, gosh, like – like I'm, I'm overwhelmed by how different they are to me. And for me, that is a perfect explanation of conditioning and how I might explain it to um, my children or, you know, a, a really brief example of like when you meet those people and, you know, you feel like maybe you're from another planet to them. And it's all of, it's all of those things that have impacted the differences between people. And, yeah, so for me, that's how I feel conditioning it is and how I feel it's visible and I actually I find it so interesting as well and I have really been able to turn judgments that I've made you know based on my conditioning and so you know I would meet someone and think oh my gosh like they're so different and it would be a, a judgment reflection as opposed to now like a judgment on them as opposed to now I can turn that around and take a more introspective look at it and think about, ah, well, why, what is it about me? What is it about my stories? What is it about my conditioning? The things that I have believed to be true that make me see that person as so different. And to finish up this special episode and wrap up the year, here's a snippet from a really fun conversation Sunny and I had about moving towards a new look future, or as it's called in human design, the new paradigm. I, yeah, I just feel like it's this time, like you said, that we're kind of waking up and we are, you know... (sighs) I feel like it's going to be a, a, such a pivotal time and I feel like it's already, it is already happening. It's already changing. I kind of touched on that before. I feel like people are kind of starting to, like this fog is slowly lifting and it's not, we're not saying that like in 2027, like, you know, in January 21st, 2027, the whole world's going to change and we're going to wake up to a whole new world. Like it's this, it already is, we're in this transition stage already and that's where I really see this kind of veil that's being lifted off of people. And I feel like that's why people, especially the younger generation, they're, you know, you ask them what they're thinking about what they want to do, they have no idea or they they have this idea of something that challenges every cell inside like my generation and up's like body because it's like, how can you possibly do that? Like I've heard people say that to young people, like 
okay, what do you really want to do? You know, like it just sounds so outrageous and they're like, that's, that's what they're going to do. Like, it's not even what they want. It's literally what they're going to do. And we're in this period of transition and people are, you know, things are, things are, are falling down and kind of crumbling around us, but it's because people are actually already waking up and doing things differently. We're thinking about things differently. We're realizing that, hey, I can actually do things differently. I have got my own power. Like, you know, you mentioned about the end of the era of the kings or, um, you know, that kind of real staunch leadership. And it's like literally because we are taking on that power ourselves as, as individuals to lead ourselves and to do things that have never been done before. Um, or do them in a completely different way. And I can speak from myself and my own perspective. Like I, I believe into that. I believe that to be true so much. But I also, it also scares me because I feel like I've got one foot in each kind of, <laughs> you know, era. It's scary. Like it is scary. And I can really relate to the fear around it as well. And I can allow myself to completely get caught up with the fear and I end up like, you know, hiding in my shell. <laughs> um, but I also am observing in myself. It's like, yeah, I am moving with more confidence to the future because I I believe in myself. And I don't know, can you relate to that, Tiff? Like, like the fear around it? Or have you kind of, are you seeing that? as well that side of it I see the fear I see the fear in other people definitely I think for me it feels like I don't I don't fear this at all like there is not one part of me that is scared about this this new world looking it's the opposite like I can't wait for it to hurry the fuck up and get here <laughs> it's how I look at it and that's like radiate 14. <laughs> well, and it's also because I'm a projector and I think I can see that there are just so many different ways that we should be doing things. And that, yeah. you know, and there is a lot of talk around this new era is when, you know, projectors like myself yes. are going to be more recognized for what we're really here to do and so maybe that's why it doesn't scare me at all like I'm like bring it on but I do see the fear in other people and it's probably the one thing that is the most frustrating for me it's not the fear of what's going to happen it's at the moment the the frustration I feel when I talk about something like this and I talk about a changing world and or I talk about what's possible. And it's like what we discussed in like another episode, the previous one around, you know, doing work differently. And I think I shared how, you know, it just sometimes there's real resistance that I feel from people when you talk about things changing and being different. And even though they don't like how it is right now, they don't want to talk about anything mm. different. They don't want to like imagine like, oh, imagine if we could do things differently. And I think that that's the bit that for me moving forward into this new world, this new future, this new paradigm, whatever you want to call it, it's exciting to me because in a minute, people aren't going to have much of a choice. It, it's just going to start to happen and you're going to have to go along with the ride 
in whatever way you want to do it. If you want to go kicking and screaming, then fine, that's going to be your choice. Or you can start to open yourself up to, okay, since the beginning of time, this world has changed and evolved. It's just the way things are. So you can like how things have been done for the last few hundred years, but that there isn't, there was never any certainty that that was going to be the way we were just always going to continue to operate as humans. Things were always going to change because that is the only thing that is certain in life is change. <laughs> so mm. people have to get used to the fact that change is going to happen. And sometimes in human history, there has been big change that comes along. Doesn't happen every year, doesn't happen every decade. But there are periods of time throughout history where the world has changed quite dramatically. And we are living through one of those times. And I feel really fortunate that I get to be here to be part of that. So I understand the fear. I see the fear. I feel the fear from other people. But I just, I feel like I just want to say to people that are fearing it, that just to trust that it is where we're meant to be moving as a human race and that it's not scary if you don't perceive it to be scary. If it, if you can look at it as this is where we're meant to be going and the change that is we're destined to experience, then it sort of sh- shifts the way you look at it, I think. Thank you for listening to our last episode of the year. We hope you've found some of these little snippets from a few different conversations interesting. Uh, We had a lot of fun recording all these episodes, even if you don't get to listen to them in their entirety. We are really looking forward to bringing you more episodes in 2024 and hope you'll be part of our podcast journey next year.